Hello and welcome to Bought at a Price podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Our mission is to take you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body, your lifestyle, and your role in His kingdom. We are committed to bringing you solid biblical wisdom combined with practical science-backed lifestyle tips and information to help you care for yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. So if you listened to my last podcast, we were looking at barren, beautiful Sarah and what we can learn from those dry, barren seasons in life. And today, I want to continue Sarah's story, but today we're going to look at messing up. Maybe you are like me and find yourself occasionally, or maybe all the time, crying out to God saying, God, I am so tired of messing up. You are not alone, my dear. It seems and feels like a similar prayer has peppered my Christian life. And guess what? Even Sarah messed up. In a matter of five verses in Genesis, Sarah messed up five different times. What started as one mistake snowballed into mess up after mess up after mess up. Have you ever felt like that happened to you? I know I can certainly relate. So we're going to do a Bible study style devotional post and talk about messing up and seeing what we can learn from Sarah's mistakes. So if you're ready to stop saying, God, I am so tired of messing up, and you want to let God redeem your mistakes, continue listening. So like I said, in our last episode, we talked about beautiful Sarah's barren story, and there's a 10-year gap between that part of Sarah's story and where we find her today. But before we look at all of her mistakes, what do we know about Sarah so far from our last episode? And by the way, if you haven't listened to that episode, the link is you know where in the show notes. But we know from that episode that Sarah is barren, beautiful, and married to Abraham. What we learned from that last episode is that we should see ourselves based on who God says we are, not based on the world's standards. We learned that true beauty is seen in a woman who reflects God and that we need to have patience, faith, and unshakable trust in our God. So where we're finding Sarah today, it actually looks like her patience, her faith, and her trust has run dry. Dry. That's something that I have been feeling for weeks now, and because I get 
how waiting for 10 years might have caused Sarah to run out of some patience and trust in God to keep his promise. Goodness, I remember when God gave me the vision for Bought at a Price. It took almost two years before he opened the doors that allowed this dream to happen. And you want to know what I battled during those two years? You guessed it. Patience, faith, and trust that God would actually provide a way for the dream and the vision he'd given me to happen. But, boy, there are still so many dreams that God has given me related to Bought at a Price that haven't yet come to fruition. And let me tell you, it has crossed my mind more than once to, quote, help God out. But it's my past experiences with messing up because I've helped God one too many times that are keeping me from helping God right now. So enough of me and my dry season. Praise God, let me tell you though, between the time when I was writing this podcast episode and writing for our the blog and the website, God used you to pour rivers of living water into me. Thank you to those of you who got my email. If you're a subscriber, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe so that you get all of our episodes. Check out our website and subscribe there as well so you don't miss anything. But thank you for pouring and allowing God to use you to bring me out of that dry season. So, but before we dive into Sarah, we need to quickly meet a lady by the name of Hagar. We're going to look at Hagar's story in more depth in the future, but Hagar was Sarah's servant, and she likely joined up with Sarah when Sarah was in her last predicament in Egypt. That last episode talks about that, so jump over there and take a listen if you haven't already. But now, Sarah has some different plans for Hagar than just utilizing her as a servant. Genesis 16 verses 1 through 2 reads, Now Sarah, Abraham's, well actually it says Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Sarai and Abram are the same as Sarah and Abraham. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Ten years is how long Sarah's been waiting for God to fulfill his promise of children to Abraham. That's a long time to wait for anything, and it would feel even longer for a barren woman who wants children. That might be you right now. If so, I pray that you cling to God as you wait for him to reveal his plans and purposes 
and if it's his will to bring you children. But Sarah's desire for children had actually clouded her vision, and instead of seeing God as a promise keeper, she now saw him as, quote, preventing me from bearing children. And to Sarah, this was something God needed her help remedying. Can you imagine how long she must have planned and strategized those sleepless nights running scenarios through her head, trying to land on the best plan for helping God keep his promise? Turns out, though, that her idea to give her servant Haggard Abram wasn't a novel idea. Nope. Bible scholars say that many ancient cultures considered it commonplace for barren women to do exactly what Sarah did, because any children born in an arrangement like this could be claimed as Sarah's. Sarah's great idea was to get Hagar pregnant so God's promise could be fulfilled and she could finally be a mother. See, in this culture as well, because Hagar was Sarah's servant, the child that Hagar got pregnant with could be claimed as Sarah's. Have you noticed how Sarah messed up? There's two big mistakes here that we can learn from. Sarah's first mistake was allowing her desire for something to cloud her ability to patiently wait and trust God. This is easy for all of us to do. Goodness, I do this more often than I would like to admit. We can become so consumed by something we want that we miss God completely. All we see is what we don't have, and we fail to see all God's blessed us with. But more importantly, we fail to see God. Our longing causes us to look to God's hands, what He gives us, those physical, tangible things. And because He's not giving us what we want, we start to strategize how we can help God out. What we should be doing is asking God to reveal himself in our longing, asking him to show us what he wants us to learn while we're waiting and to give us the strength to patiently wait while rejoicing in who God is and all he's provided for us. Let me repeat that again. We should be asking God to reveal himself to us in our longing. We should be asking him to show us what he wants us to learn while we're waiting. We should ask him to give us the strength to patiently wait while rejoicing in who God is and all he has provided for us. So, Our devotion questions before we get to Sarah's next mistake. What are you wanting or waiting for? Do you feel like it's clouded your ability to see what God wants or how he may have already answered you? If you go to the link in the show notes, you can download a PDF with the devotion questions from today's Bible study on messing up. So Sarah's 
next mistake, that second mistake in that Genesis 16, 1 through 2 passage. At this point in Abraham and Sarah's life, they were on their own and had two sources of influence, God or the culture that God had placed them in. But when Sarah presented her idea to Abraham, is God mentioned? Nope. Not a single time. Zip, zero, zilch, nada. This leads us to the next things we can learn from Sarah's mess up. First, messing up is pretty much guaranteed when, apart from God, we take things into our own hands. Second, we mess up any time we choose to do what an ungodly culture says is right. Sarah messed up and did both of these things. But we have two advantages that Sarah didn't. We have the Bible and the Holy Spirit if we're Christians. And when I study God's Word each day, spend time in prayer, and listen for the Holy Spirit's leading, I tend to make a whole lot fewer mistakes, at least fewer really big mess-ups. But there's always a but, isn't there? When I don't do these things, I start taking things into my own hands and things the world says are okay start seeming like quite viable, great options. What about you? What have you recently taken into your own hands? What's happened? When do you find yourself thinking that the world's way of doing things seems like a viable option? When you're not spending time in God's Word or not listening to the Holy Spirit, how often do you find yourself saying, God, I messed up again? What about when you are spending time in God's Word and are listening to the Holy Spirit? How often do you find yourself saying, God, I messed up again when you're doing those things? All right, let's continue looking at this messing up Bible study and what Sarah's mistakes led to. Just a little hint, it led to even more messing up. Actually, messing up three more times is what it led to. Genesis 4b through 5. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. It's talking about Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you! Exclamation point at the end. I can totally imagine her with her finger pointing at Abraham saying, May the wrong done to me be on you! You know, that anger and fire just furling up in her heart. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. At that point, I can imagine her storming out of the room and slamming the door. But tents didn't have doors, so she was without that particular thing we women love to do when we're upset. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. 
Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Sarah's mess-ups just turned around and bit her in the rear end. No sooner than Hagar realized she was pregnant, she began disrespecting and treating Sarah as if she was worthless. But Sarah, instead of learning from her last mistakes, was overtaken by jealousy, hurt, and loss, and responded by messing up again, and again, and again. Instead of accepting responsibility for her actions and failed plan, Sarah blamed it all on her husband. That's bad enough on its own, but it wasn't where Sarah's messing up ended. She also dumped it on God as if he'd sort this all out and find her in the right. And Sarah's third mistake? It happened after Abraham said, Your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Sarah took what her husband said and turned around and dealt harshly with Hagar. Wow. I'm like raising both hands, saying, been there, done that. Anyone else relate? Feel like you've done one or all of those things? You know, those times when you've come up with the best plan ever to help God out, only for it to blow up in your face and then... You mess up even more with how you handle the aftermath? If we're honest with ourselves, we've all been there to some degree. Maybe right now you're saying, God, I'm tired of messing up, or you feel your prayers are always, Dear God, I messed up again. Friend, no matter where you're at, there's something we can all learn from these mistakes of Sarah's. So, we're going to wrap this up by looking a bit more at Sarah's last three mistakes. The first one was blame, and it's something we've all done. It's our way of protecting ourselves when we've messed up and don't want to deal with the consequences. But when we mess up, we should accept full responsibility for it. We also need to turn to God and ask Him to help us handle the consequences of our mistake. Because when we do this, God takes our messes up, mess ups and uses them for His glory. Is there something that you've messed up and blamed someone else for? Spend a minute in prayer asking God to forgive you and for the Holy Spirit to show you what God wants you to do now. When we pray, Dear God, I messed up again. Will you give me the strength to fix my mistakes? God will answer and beautifully redeem those mistakes. The second thing she did was she was trying to take sides. Messing up can cause all sorts of emotions to well up inside of us. Things like fear, failure, incompetence, jealousy, unworthiness, stupidity, anger, anxiety, worry, and more suddenly overwhelm our hearts and minds when we've messed up. And it's from this place that Sarah said, may the Lord judge between you and me. Her words were spoken rashly and likely in a rage. And because her husband wouldn't do something about how Hagar was treating her, Sarah suddenly threw God 
into the mix. He wasn't there when she came up with the plan, but now she's in anger saying, God, get me out of this pickle. And her words show that Sarah thought her actions were just and that she expected to God to act in her favor and defend her against Hagar's mistreatment. Ladies, when we've messed up, we have to expect that there will be consequences. Yes, God does defend his people, but we can't run to God only to get what we want and expecting him to side with us when we know we've been in the wrong. Sarah was asking God to play favorites, and the reality is God loves all people. He wanted what was best for Sarah, he wanted what was best for Hagar, and he wanted what was best for Abraham. And he wants what's best for you. When we've messed up, we do need to call on God, but not how Sarah did. We need to call on God in humility, reverence, and sorrow for whatever it is we've messed up. Then we need to ask God to lead us as he teaches us. What about you? Have you ever been hurt because of a mistake you made? Did you appeal to God expecting him to side with you? What happened? What did you learn? So the last thing from Sarah and her mess up has to do with getting even. And that comes with her last mistake. She continued her messing up streak with that grand finale of dealing harshly with Hagar. The original language indicates that Sarah afflicted, persecuted, mishandled, humiliated, tongue twister there, humiliated, and likely responded to Hagar with bursts of temper or even blows. My heart breaks for both women, but I also relate to Sarah. Our sinful nature often responds this way when we've been hurt or mistreated. We're quick to forget that it was our mistake that started it all, and instead we want to get back at whoever did us wrong. Sarah started the debacle by messing up, and she dealt with its consequences by messing up even more. When we've been hurt, no matter what the reason for the hurt is, we've got to go to God and respond as Jesus would. 1 Peter 2.23 says, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. What do we learn from Sarah's last mess up? No matter what we've messed up and how it circles back on us, we're to follow in Jesus' footsteps and entrust ourselves to him who judges justly. What consequences are you facing because of something that you've messed up? Is there something about how you've been handling it that needs to change so you're acting as Jesus did? To wrap up this messing up Bible study, I want to encourage you, even though Sarah failed to trust God and took matters into her own hands, God used 
the situation. God knew what would happen because he's written each of our life stories. He knew what Sarah would do, and he had a perfect plan for making something beautiful out of everything she messed up. God also knows about everything you and I will mess up, and he wants to redeem our mistakes just like he redeemed Sarah's. So if you're tired of saying, God, I messed up again, will you turn to him and trust him to make something beautiful out of everything you've messed up? That beauty could be an invaluable lesson God teaches you that's then used to help encourage someone else who's struggling. It could be a circumstance you weren't expecting, a long-awaited promise from God that's fulfilled in a miraculous ways. It could be anything, so keep your eyes, ears, and heart open for the beautiful things God does to redeem your mistakes. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking more about failure, messing up, making mistakes, and what the Bible says about failure. And let me tell you, it's a lot. And we'll also look at Hagar's story as well. So if you have not subscribed to this podcast and jumped over and subscribed to our website, be sure and do that so that you don't miss any of the coming podcast episodes and website information on how God says where to handle failure and what God says about us when we feel like a failure. Until then, I want to leave you with Micah 7 verses 7 through 8. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. God bless.